Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. On the eve of Buffalo Bills training camp, we welcome in Matt Perino. From the Syracuse Post-Standard, the Shout Buffalo Bills podcast as well. So much to get to before we even talk about what we'll see on the field tomorrow morning at St. John Fisher University. Matt, I want to get your reaction uh, right off the jump of of everything that the Bills just did here with uh, the placement of uh, Naeem Hines on NFI, uh, the additions of Jay Sternberger, Darrington Evans. Can we start with uh, Naeem Hines? The, the news of the injury, ending his season, placing him on NFI. What does it mean for Hines' future? What does the team owe Hines? How does this all shake out with him now being on NFI? And what does it mean for the final roster when we get down to uh, week one? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it was a very crowded running backs room all of a sudden, right? With Damian Harris coming aboard, Latavius Murray being a kind of a late addition in free agency. So actually a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but I put out a 53-man roster projection. And I had Hines as maybe even potential like trade candidate for uh, training, training camp preseason. The thing about it is, though, personally speaking, that, that, that was coming from like a football perspective, right? Like thinking about the roster and what everything looks like. The way that this thing transpired, I mean, you just feel for the guy. Like, I mean, Naheem Hines was, he was in that locker room for like what? a month and a half right. when the DeMar Hamlin situation happened last year. And if you remember on the sideline, I mean, there are some powerful images of him, like, consoling teammates and being there for everybody that was kind of going through it. And he was one of the leaders that stepped up on that team. And, you know, talking to Tyler Medikevich and Tyrell Dotson about him last year and just how much he meant to that special teams room so quickly after he kind of got acclimated there, it's, it's just a bummer for the guy. Because I do think that there was a potential – for a larger role in the offense for him this year. And now we're not going to kind of see what that looks like and how that materializes. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bummer for them. And you mentioned special teams. So who takes over that role? Is it Harris? Is there any other kind of candidate that uh, you'll see the Buffalo Bills try out here over the next month? I mean, Deontay Hardy, to me, makes the most sense. I think depending on you know what they want to do in terms of you know returners, Khalil Shakir has been a guy that, they felt comfortable putting back on punts in the past. And now with the changes to the rules on kickoffs, it's just not as important, uh, I don't think. I mean, we're going to see what that looks like the first like couple months of the season and whether or not um, teams are aggressive in that department or if they just want to take the ball at the 25. I think when you have Josh Allen, you probably want to just, you know, take the ball at the 25, roll it out, don't, don't risk a turnover, and go. Um, so I think that that was another piece that was baked into the whole Heinz part for me was that, okay, if you're really up against it and you want to keep an extra corner or maybe even an extra linebacker with the youth in that room, 
maybe you look to kind of trim things down at, at running back. And I know a lot of people with Hines out have talked about it having to be like a special teams oriented player that replaces him in terms of, you know, hypothetically on the 53. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. I mean, remember last year before they traded for Hines, they had Moss, Cook, and Singletary on the roster. None, none, none of those three played special teams. So um, just a, you know, a bad kind of situation all around. It's, 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 a, it's a guy that I know people in the building really like. Uh, let's talk about these pup players. Uh, no surprise to see Von Miller and uh, Jordan Phillips begin training camp on pup. What do we know about Medikevich? Nothing. That was a surprise to me. Okay. Uh, about a, a little while ago there. So uh, could be a nagging thing. Could be something that he suffered in training. Like, you know, guys are getting, like, ramped up here, getting ready for training camp, and you never know the nicks and bruises. Phillips was a guy that was off to the side throughout all of uh, the spring. He didn't participate in anything. Uh, but he was working off to the side with the trainers and the training staff, so that wasn't a surprise. And you know, I think everybody kind of expected Von Miller was going to be in this kind of situation. Uh, we'll see how much he's doing off to the side in the next couple of days. Because remember, last year we saw Tredavious White coming off the ACL, doing a lot of work, aggressive work, off to the side, and then they peeled him back pretty aggressively uh, after a few weeks. So uh, in terms of what we saw anyway. So I'm very interested to see how the Von Miller – part of this kind of develops over the next week yeah there's a lot of kind of competition questions but you know in short term man i'm trying to envision what tomorrow is like and where we left off from this team there was this storyline with stefan diggs do you think we hear from diggs tomorrow uh that's a good question I, maybe not i mean he's been a guy that's been very um what's the word um he's been able to dip and dive right uh from from some of those media responsibilities last year we didn't really talk to him uh over the last two months of the season at all and uh it was i think getting to the point even where it might have been um uh you know a finable situation but it never really materialized that way so i think we'll hear from him i I think that you know the bills didn't do him any favors with that social media post a little while ago the it looked like he was showing up for, uh, I don't know, a disappointing summer camp or something. He didn't right? look like, happy. He, stuff. he didn't look happy at all. I mean, yeah. It was kind of weird like, that they would pick that pitcher. Uh, but I think they had to get, like, they had to find a pitcher. They had to get it out ASAP, right? Like, Steph's here. It's not going to be a problem, all that kind of stuff. Um, but listen, I, I think Josh Allen, he knows what is on the line here and what he has to do to mitigate this problem. I saw that hit that he had on SportsCenter. Um, I think it was like two days ago. He was on with uh, Dan Orlovsky. And they asked him, all right, if you can draft any player in the NFL, if you're starting a team to play with, who would you take? Very conveniently, it was Stephon Diggs, right? And I think he knows, you know, he's got to play that game a little bit. Uh, And so we'll see how this thing goes. Uh, Matt, what about uh, Josh Allen here? We found out yesterday that he'll be uh, part of the second season of quarterback. So cameras following Josh Allen all over the place for the entirety of a season. Is Josh Allen ready for that? Oh, man. Uh, I'm surprised, actually, um, about that. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff. I mean, not just the stuff on dig stuff, right? Like, everybody's seen the TMZ articles with Josh on dates in New York City, right? Like, yeah. I mean, there's a lot that goes along with being this high-profile superstar NFL quarterback. And going into the season, knowing how, like, important it is to him and how much he wants to kind of, you know, right maybe some wrongs from a year ago, 
you'd think that they'd want to take some of that pressure off. Uh, but I kind of respect it in a way, too, though. Like, I mean, it, you know, he's – listen, when you're in that spot and you're now on the cover of Madden and you're this absolute, no-doubt-about-it superstar, you're going to have to do some of this stuff that, like, maybe the NFL comes to him and says, listen, you know, this isn't ideal, but just like Aaron Rodgers has to take hard knocks, you got to take this deal because you're one of the biggest superstars in the league. So it's going to be interesting to watch, and I apologize about the sound in the background. You know, just getting in that Wegmans run. I'm getting ready for St. John Fisher, guys. i got to make sure the dorm room is packed. Got my, my apples, got my pears, got some little, like, snack packs. It's going to be a fun couple weeks. So you're not commuting then. You're just going to be uh, hanging out there. Oh, I never commute. No, you know, no. I am all in, all go, no quit. We are in Rochester for the duration. I'll come home on the off days to see the kiddos. But other than that, it is uh, I'm, I'm a Rochester guy during camp. Yeah, well, we love it. And we've we got to make sure, by the way, that we, we do a proper night out with Matt Perino. We, we know that you're not going to do a plate. We, we, we yeah. initiated you last year. Plate. It was I'll miserable. Plate. Listen, listen, I'm going to do a plate. <laughs> Give me your best plate. But you, this is one of those where, like, you know that saying, like, if you come at the king, you, you best not miss, right? You get one shot. You get one shot. Hit me with the garbage plate that you know I got to experience, that it's going to be the the good stuff. Give well, it to me. Yeah, but the, the thing is, Matt, I know you treat your body like a temple, and really the garbage plate is to be consumed when in a certain frame of mind. And that frame of mind does not include being sober. <laughs> okay, I get that. I get that. <laughs> So I think the way that we go about it is maybe we, you know, we meet up on August 7th, we go have some, you know, little Mexican, some chicken wings, right? Get ourselves some beers, some drinks, and then we hit it with a late night garbage plate. Right. That's the only way to do it. All right. What day of the week is the 7th? That's a Monday. That's so a Monday. we got practice, I think, the next morning, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, all right. Which that's where really, you get to really figure out who's who's who. In the group, that's right. Who can rally? That's Who can right. Get after. Got to be able to rally. Have to rally. Yeah, that's it. Matt Perino, Syracuse uh, Post Standard, who will be in Rochester, our honorary uh, resident here for the next three weeks. Matt, uh, w- what camp battle are you most curious about? I mean, I, it's super cliche. I'm not coming at, at it with, uh, or, or non surprising, I should say. I mean, the middle linebacker job. I mean, it's one that. I mean, over the years, they've they've almost done it to themselves. They've really placed so much importance on the role for what it means in the defense. Like, every time you talk to Sean or Brandon, they're going on and on about, like, the responsibilities and how much is on that player's plate. And I, I look at the young guys in Terrell Bernard and Dorian Williams, and I think there's a lot of excitement with both of those players, like, in terms of what it looks like. I thought Terrell Bernard, if I was picking a handful of guys who impressed me in the spring, he'd be in the mix. He'd, he'd be one of those players, four or five players that I thought really stood out. So now it's okay. How do you transition that from, you know, shorts and t-shirts to when the pads come on and, you know, the bullets are flying a little bit quicker and more realistic. Like, do you have the same kind of impact? Are you making plays? Are you in the right spots? Are your coaches happy with it? I mean, you could see it in the body language, right? Like how it goes. I think that kind of goes into the Kyrie Elam conversation too, to a degree. Like, you could see at times, like, you know, things being hard or them not going the way that it, it went probably early on for Tredavious White. And, and you have that blueprint set for, like, an elite uh, first-round caliber player at the position. And if it doesn't look like that, 
for as long as it doesn't look like that, it's like um, you know, worrisome. So I, I, I want to see which direction they go to start with. Is it Dotson? Do they do they line up even like an AJ Klein out of the gates and, and know that you have somebody that you can rely upon? I don't think that that would be the case. Only because why not get somebody uh, one of these young guys as many reps with, among the first and second team? But we'll see. We'll see how it materializes. I'm excited for that. Yeah, for that and Matt, I, I hear what you're saying, but we also know the history of Sean McDermott, and he likes his guys. He likes a certain kind of guy. He has loyalty to the guys that have loyalty to him that have been here for for longer periods of time. Everything needs to be earned, and a guy like Dodson, let's face it, I mean, he's been kind of like waiting in the wings this whole time and, and has stepped up when they've needed him to. It feels to me, at least at the start of camp, that it would be his job to lose. And I think you could apply the same logic to cornerback two with a guy like either Benford or even Dane Jackson. I mean, do you think that there's something to that? Is this going to be about Kyrie Elam or Terrell Bernard stepping up and earning those roles? I think it's interesting that you mentioned Benford before Jackson. Um, and, and I... and. Why I think that's interesting is I wonder internally how they view that trio. Because if I was saying it, I'd probably start with Jackson. But at the same time, I think that they're desperate for somebody to be better than what Dane Jackson gives you at his best, which is really good. You know, average level, quality, CB2. Like if you're, if you're in that situation, you can do worse, you can do better. And I think that they want somebody to step up. But I think you're – you're on the nose. Like Tyrell Dodson has been a guy that's been around. He plays multiple positions. I remember in his first training camp, um, I was on the practice field at the red and blue game. And I w- was just kind of shooting the breeze with Julian Stanford, their former uh, middle linebacker, uh, depth guy. And he said, man, I don't know what it is about this kid, Tyrell Dodson. I've never seen somebody come in as fast as he has and grasp it all. Like he's playing both spots, weak side, middle linebacker. He knows the cadence. He knows the calls. He knows where to be. He knows where to put everybody. That always stuck out to me. So, yeah, I think that his camp is very much hopeful that he gets a real shot at this. But I also know that there's got to be a little pressure, I think, placed from the executive part of this thing that went out and, you know, the evaluators that went out and drafted these players, you know, Kyrie Elam, Bernard in one year in the third, and then coming back with Dorian Williams. Like, all right, how do you get our guys onto the field? Not that Dotson isn't their guy. As a matter of fact, I think Dotson is one of those, like, you know, Sean McDermott guys, those under the radar, got to prove it, chip on their shoulder, undrafted guys. But, you know, that, 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 that buzz about Brandon Bean's drafts and maybe, like, how many misses or, like, misses that seem to be, seem to be mounting up. I'm wondering if that noise, at, at what point does that meet how they decide on players and where they play and how much they play? What was that pop danger? I just heard like we got hit by lightning. lightning. Like, yeah. what? A, a thunderstorm right wow, above our studio right now. Just great takes you know, from above. Marino. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Perino will be uh, here tomorrow. Um, Matt, uh, another roster move. Jason Sternberger brought in. Is this somebody you're looking on? Because if the Bills are indeed going to run more 12 personnel, who knows? And I know you can't report on it. We can't either. But if they're going to go this route, who is the third tight end on this team? I don't know. I think it's like if they're close, if him and Morris are close, that, they like Morris a lot. I mean, he made the 53 last year for a reason. Uh, and I know that there wasn't a lot of depth at that spot. But, you know, the, he's a guy that he plays special teams. He offers, you know, different things. But Sternberger is a guy that he came in and it didn't work, right? I think he had 
one touchdown in 18 games in two years for the Packers as a third-round pick that was picked 21 spots ahead of Dawson Knox. I mean, this was a guy that came in as one of the top tight ends of the class in 2019. And so I think you like the potential. And then he goes to the, UFC, the uh, USFL, leads them in, in receiving touchdowns this past year, and I think that that's got a lot of evaluators around the league interested. Whenever you got a guy that you know, did what he did at the college level and came into the league as a third-round draft pick, you know, you're going to continue to go to that well until you know, it runs dry. And so I think having him out here, taking a look, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, Kale Waring that they brought in a couple of years ago. Uh, not the same caliber of talent. I don't think uh, Waring was uh, as high of a draft pick. But a similar situation, Jacob Hollister. Um, it's, to me, it's a camp body until it's not. But there is a little bit of pedigree there that if he can get himself comfortable and they like him, that they're, they traditionally like to keep three tight ends. So if you're going to run 12 personnel, you're going to need somebody in case one of those guys gets dinged up. And it's going to come down to then, all right, how does Sternberger look in terms of what they ask both Kincaid and Dawson Knox to do? Can he fill in for both better than maybe Morris can? And can he play special teams? Those are the things we'll be watching. Matt, I'm uh, I'm going to do an about face live on the air, and I don't do this I'm often. I'm doing this too, but like, I feel like, like we do, I, we, do we get duped on this? I feel like we might have got torched by uh, by the internet and, and one of our uh, regulars, Bob, pointing out to us and wondering where has it been confirmed that Josh Allen is featured in season two of quarterback? So we brought it up to you earlier in our conversation, and you you were surprised. You haven't seen anything official on that, have you? No, and I and the way that you said that made made me think that something yeah. came out. I have not reported that. I've not I've not seen that officially okay. or heard it officially. But right. um, if that ends up happening, I think the point of it is still interesting because I mean that's going to be a a deep dive into the behind the scenes, which I just don't think Sean McDermott's going to love. No. Not at all. Nope. It's beautifully beauty of uh, doing live radio. We do an about face, and we we kind of move on. And I guess that'll be uh, something that certainly we'll be looking for. Who they officially announce uh, in season two of quarterback uh, Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard. Matt, something that is kind of an observation. Has the NFL, have football fans kind of moved on from the Buffalo Bills? The idea that, um, you know, the, the Jets are this trendy team and the Dolphins and everything else. Do you expect the Bills to actually use this kind of as a motivational tool here that, hey, we were 13 and three in the last season, but nobody seems to be picking us here? Definitely. And I, I don't think that if I, they're not going to say it, I mean, Sean's not going to say it, Brand's not going to say it, but I think deep down, this just fits who they are as, you know, leaders. Like, nobody believes in us. Like, that whole card. I mean, it, it resonates from the players. Even last year, like, like Poyer at times, Micah at times. Like, they just love to, like, work that in and, and even, like, create the illusion that people don't believe in them when it's not there. So I think if it's really there and they have some tangible, like, clips from ESPN or, like, you know, newspaper or my, I should say website articles that they can kind of post up in, in and around the locker room. I think that they would love that. Um, and also it's, they learn firsthand what it's like to go through a season being the, the hunted. And I don't think any team as good as the chiefs even were like when they were the hunted in that middle year, now they have two Super Bowls, So they're in a different tier in a different, like elevated level. But I think that the challenges that they faced in that one season in between where, uh, or it might have been two seasons in between, wherever it was, um, where they lost to the Bengals in the AFC title game, 
I think that it just changes the dynamic of the season and the questions you have to answer week in and week out and the pressure on each game. There was so much pressure on every game down the stretch, and it kind of gradually built because they were on that win streak that it's funny, too, when you talk about narratives. Like, looking back at last season, all we talked about all offseason is how bad the offense was in the second half of the season. But they still were averaging, like, close to 30 points a game, (laughs) and they won eight in a row before they lost against the Bengals. So it's a really tough league, and it's even tougher when you're at the top like they are. And I think that they're going to rally around the fact that, you know, perceived or contrived or not, people don't believe in them. Well, after 13 seconds happened, the team reported to St. John Fisher the following summer, and there was a banner hanging from the rafters that the players had to view when they were walking to the field, and it said, find a way. You remember it, Matt. What, what ba- what's the banner going to say this year if you're Sean McDermott? Uh, I'd say battle-tested, right? Like, I mean, they've, they, they remind me in so many ways of, like, I was a big basketball fan growing up, and I remember, like, my prime years were, like, when Dirk Nowitzki was coming up, and there were so many years where they ran into the Lakers or the Spurs or, like, you know, the real elite teams of um, that era, and they just kept losing in the playoffs in different ways and uh, almost finding ways to lose, and as you kind of learn how, how to win. And I feel like in a lot of ways, that's what the Bills have been going through the last couple of years in different ways. And they've lost in different ways every single time. And so I think with all of those now scars, like you go into battle this year knowing that you've come back from it all. And I think it was, man, who was it that said it now? I'm kind of like spacing on it. But somebody was talking about, uh, I was just listening back to the press conference about, oh, it was Ed Oliver when he said, what did I learn most about last year that I can have an ankle injury, a pec injury, and all that stuff, and I'm still going to show up on Sunday, and I'm still going to find a way to play and make plays. And I feel like that's a great kind of, you know, a microcosm a little bit of what the Bills are as a whole. And going into this year, you know, they, they've been through so much. They have so much to kind of tap into in terms of experience. That's when things kind of change for a team. The Bengals, for a lot of, for, for, in a lot of ways, have, you know, they've cruised. And so, like, will things get hard this year? Like Joe Burrow. Not a super mobile quarterback. How does he deal with it if, if that offensive line isn't as good as it has been? He got sacked five times last year in the AFC title game. So he's got to figure out a way to navigate the hard parts of a season, have answers uh, for the, you know, when, when teams figure them out and, and respond. And the Bills got to do that. Matt, uh, what can we read? When will the shoutcast uh, drop next to set us up here as we're getting ready here for camp? Oh, yeah. Uh, starting tomorrow, man, it is a whole new world for the Shout folks. Uh, if you're in on Shout, uh, the podcast, sign up to be a Shout Bills insider, which that means you get a two-week free trial, which, by the way, it is super important to do that during training camp because that is the, the best time of year for what we do because we are, we are bringing you in-depth, almost over-the-top uh, coverage of training camp like nobody else, like everyday post-practice observations, uh, it's a text group. And so, like, you have text access to myself and Ryan Talbot. You get to kind of steer the ship on the podcast. What did we see? What, what do you specifically want us to watch for? What do you specifically want us to talk about on the podcast? You just text us. Um, find details on that uh, in my pinned tweet over on Twitter, at Matt Perino. See you tomorrow, bud. I can't wait.
Good stuff. Hey, Appreciate it. <laughs> Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard. We'll see him at uh, Buffalo Bills training camp. Gets underway tomorrow. Uh, and we'll, we'll see all of our favorites at Bills camp starting tomorrow. Can't wait to be broadcasting live every afternoon. We'll give you a full recap of everything that went on throughout the course of the day. And there's plenty tomorrow with Sean McDermott speaking at 9.15. Practice getting underway at 9.45. And who knows who we'll hear from after practice. No, in fairness, if you're just kind of walking along and you know you don't realize somebody's taking a picture of you, I mean, it, you, you can't give a smile or anything like that. But for the Buffalo Bills to put out the photo of Stefan Diggs looking all sullen as he's walking into camp. Yeah, I don't like that. I, don't, I mean, look, it's probably nothing, and we're dissecting it maybe a little bit too much. I don't like that. If, if that was intentional, if they intentionally said, let's find the angriest picture of Stefan Diggs we can find. I think it's just, hey, he's here. <laughs> Nobody well, can question well, anything. Would, who's questioning whether or not Stefan Diggs was going to show up to training camp? I wasn't questioning. Was anybody questioning no. it? You're going to pay 50 grand uh, a day? Forget it. No. Uh, we have happy hour all the way next in the sports bar. We have time for your calls. You can join us at 866-4326. That's 585-866-4FAN. We've got the video stream up at the Fan Rochester on YouTube and Twitch. You can also get us on your smart device when you ask it to play 95.7 The Fan. Lots to pick apart from what we heard just now from Matt Perino, the Syracuse Post Standard. We'll get into some of these moves made by the Buffalo Bills here in the last hour or so. A couple of players headed to PUP, one of them a surprise. And a couple of signings as well that we'll uh, dissect for you here next in the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country. And get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.